Hi, and welcome to the Print Spaces podcast, Sell Out. If you're an artist, and I'm guessing you would like to dedicate 100% of your time to creating work and moving your career forward. If this describes you, then you're in the right place because we're going to take a tour of the skills and ideas out there to reach and grow your audience and shock horror to make money from your creativity. I realized that years ago when I would upload a video of me painting, the engagement would be crazy. This is just the way it's working. I know, of course, like people want to see stills, but you get engrossed in a video. You can learn, you can experience it. You can see the story and the behind the scenes. That is what's so important. It, being an artist and trying to sell yourself, you cannot just show the final product in a still image. You really want your audience, your customers to get engrossed in what you do and your techniques and your brushstrokes. People find the way I paint very therapeutic and unique. That's Diane Hill. Diane has grown an amazing art business based on selling prints, original works and products of her paintings that are a modern take on a traditional Chinese painting style. Her love of the chinoiserie style feeds into her creative vision and her incredible painting precision Skill and technique is what turns this into finished products. Added to this, her marketing skills around social media completes a unique combination that has brought her creative freedom. This interview is packed full of practical advice about how you too can do this with your work. Welcome, Diane, and, and real pleasure to have you on the podcast today. I wanted to just start by asking, your style is very unique and distinctive, uh, the chinoiserie style. I th I'm hoping I pronounce that okay. How did you come to get into what you're doing in terms of your painting? Has that been something you've always done? And also, what, how come you have developed this very particular style? Okay, so I have always been painting right from when I was a child. So my path followed the kind of normal route of art foundation course. Then I went on to study at uni. I studied textiles, but it was very focused on painting and painting with gouache paints, which is like watercolour, but it's more pigmented. The colours are really vibrant. So that was the focus there. And I really specialised in wallpaper when I was there at Manchester. And I found when we were asked to sort out our work placements, I found in a book this chinoiserie wallpaper and it was non-repeating so I was used to those wallpapers that like repeat up and down side to side you can just go decoration but this wallpaper was different in that it tells a story it's got it's like a row of trees and birds and butterflies and it's it's a kind of style that is it's made in China but it's made specifically for the export market so it was all made in China in the 18th century and it was exported to Europeans and still today, say today, back then in 2007, when I was really looking at it, there was a few companies still making it on silk, all hand painted. So I got in touch with one of the companies. I wrote them a letter and it was very like, please, can I come work for you? And they said yes. And it was just, oh, it was the best thing ever. So I went there for a week fell in love because it was hand painted and I thought that I would leave uni and get into a role that was I don't know like you start off with admin or it would be like like graphics or something because this was so hands-on I just felt like the luckiest person in the world went back to actually was pregnant in my last like in my degree show I was pre heavily pregnant had the baby did that and then I kept in touch with this company and yeah, I just kept and then called them every now and then, buttering them up. And eventually, after about two years, they offered me a job and it was just the best thing ever. So I, while I was there for about six years, I went to China. I went to learn from the masters how to paint on silk using these specialist like natural brushes, Chinese brushes, this gouache paint and learning these skills and techniques that you just wouldn't be able to learn here because you really need to go there yeah experience it like the level of detail and layering is like nothing I've ever seen I just love Chinese art so much so yeah I I worked there and that's really where I learned everything that I know now and then I had my second child and that was 
I was working in West London and I live in Hertfordshire. So the commute was so long and I thought maybe I had something more to offer as well. And yeah, I quit that and moved on to my own thing, doing this kind of style, but on murals, because I wanted to start a business and I wanted to just do it with my bare hands and have the funds to invest and invest in stock of anything. So I just painted murals in my home. I painted my daughter's rooms, painted the living room walls, started a little Instagram account and it made it almost look like I was working for other people but just uploading it and then gradually I got one job painting the mural and it really slowly built up and it was so organic and lovely like I didn't invest much into it and it just grew like that and yeah the art prints came in they came in very organically as well nearer the start I just did I thought why not try this print thing I had a Squarespace website at the time I just did one one art print and didn't get many sales actually like at all i think i sold maybe i'd be lucky if i got one a month <laughs> but yeah the art prints that kind of developed really naturally i can go into it if you want the whole sort of story i just want to back up a little bit and something you said there about selling one art print a month i think most people it starts off slow and but you know that okay if i can sell one a month then it's possible to sell 10 a month it's when you yeah. can when you sell none <laughs> okay is there even a market for this but just backing up a little bit I feel like one of the things that a lot of creative people and probably a lot of people listening to this they are working in a commercial aspect of creativity and they've always had it in their mind to strike out and do their own thing like you've done and I think the hardest step on that is probably the first one and the scariest one is the first one it's just actually in your mind saying I'm going to quit mm, oh gosh um, yeah was that hard for you oh gosh yeah no totally I had I had the support of my husband but I can't quite imagine what I'd be like if you didn't have that like some sort of support to just quit a steady income but I'm so passionate about what I do and I have these big dreams and when you are so aggressively passionate <laughs> nothing will get in the way it just happens because you just don't stop like your world is about making this grow sharing it with the world and even if you try to calm down i don't know the little monster inside you is just gonna it's just gonna keep yeah that's what passion is totally i think uh, at the same time it sounds like you you were working in the area that you were interested in and in with the style mm -hmm. you're interested in so there must have been that sense of I am leaving something that is at least related. Mm. I don't have the freedom that mm. I want, but at least it's related to what I'm doing. So there must be that sense of maybe if this doesn't work out, I've left something and I'll end up doing something way worse, but or you just didn't even consider the idea that this wouldn't work out. I didn't actually consider the idea that it wouldn't work out. On those days where I like, I can have those days where I like be crying to my mum, oh, this is never gonna work <laughs> out, but then I know it, it actually is. It's just me have those down days. But the kind of market, th these wallpapers are for the luxury high-end market. And I was so used to like flying around the world, working on yachts, like amazing hotels. And I knew that I'd learned those skills and I knew that there was a market there and that those skills that I'd learned were so niche that I, I, I could, as long as I have one or two clients in that kind of certain area of London, that Knightsbridge kind of area, one job I thought that will get me by I have the skills that they need and they want I just need to reach them so I knew that yeah because it was such a niche market which I guess is like really different to someone who's I don't know doing a style of art that is maybe not as niche then it would be very different for sure if you just had to just suddenly go online and try and compete with a whole bunch of other people that were maybe like similar so it worked to my advantage that it was such a niche technique yeah it's interesting what you say there because you had because you've been working in such a sort of directly related job then you'd already had experience in the market and you knew there was a market there for it and i think actually that's something that maybe if you don't have that prior experience of the market then i think a lot of people they sell prints and make work in their spare time because they're testing out the market but then I often wonder as well, 
whether unless you're doing something like and throwing yourself into it full time and you've got that sort of thing of this has got to work because I've got no alternative then you find ways of making it work that you wouldn't if it was just a sideline sort of thing 100 like i did i worked so hard and yeah obviously it wasn't fast it was like sitting there waiting for someone to reply to an email am i going to get this job am i going to get this job and be i can offer you this i can offer you that so i think i'm like i've got a bit of a sales knack to me which i think a lot of artists do struggle with but you should definitely like aggressively sell yourself because you need to. No one else is going to do that for you. You absolutely have to. I did throw myself into it and it took a bit of time to build it up. But yeah, I knew it would happen eventually. If you have that self-belief about things, then you find a way, even if it's not a sort of straight, direct A to B route, it's you just find a way of making it work. You were getting work principally from Instagram or were you actually reaching out to potential clients as well? Yeah, I feel like everything's come from Instagram. Like anything that's ever happened in my business that's been good has been Instagram. That is crazy. I did reach out to people. I'm trying to think of the ways in which I did it. I did get a little feature in Vogue, I have to say, at the start, which, yeah, that that was amazing. And I know that people did find me in there. Any sort of press like that is going to be amazing if you can and you can do it. But that that Vogue feature came from social media as well. That's where they found me. But I think it really was mainly, mainly being on Instagram and using hashtags. That's how, and just following, I followed all the interior designers that I could find, particularly in London. I'd hashtag things like mural artist London, artist London, yeah. I think there's that thing, isn't there, on Instagram where if you do follow someone, they always check you out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they want to see what who else has got what you've got. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if they can't see that anyone else has used your work, then often you're not going to get the job. So there needs to be evidence there. <laughs> Social proof. Um, totally. And how did you create that at the start? Because it's chicken and the egg, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's so hard. I, as I mentioned earlier, I use my house. I think the style that I, the, the chisery that I paint, because it's, because it's, I find it, I think it's very beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah, and I think it's really attractive and it's easier to gain attraction. So it's, I don't know, it's easy, a bit easier to gain followers, I think. And people just like, they really have such an emotional response to it. So yeah, I used the walls in my house and I didn't use my kids, but the, painting on the walls in my daughter's room. And then I got, my friend came over to, he's a professional photographer and he took these amazing shots of, my daughter Bonnie as a baby in her room and my older daughter as well at the time she would have been about seven in her room and it's just that kind of like element of pulling everyone like everyone in the family together it just I don't know it tells a bit more of a story and I think people they like that I'm trying to think when my next client so my first one was someone really local and then I think the next one was just again like a friend of a friend maybe and that was in London and then once they'd seen that, those two, the small, and I charged nothing, like hardly anything for these ones. It was like giving it away in comparison to what I ended up. Now I don't do any of that work anymore. It's just art prints. But in comparison to what I ended up charging, it was just like, like a sample price. But that's what you have to do. I think sometimes you have to almost either work for free or do it on the cheap to start with. To get, that's your evidence, isn't it? then every time you document it so you take photos i invested at the beginning in a canon slr and it felt like a crazy investment at the time i think it was about 800 quid to get a lens that would capture my work properly then i had to learn how to use it but i knew if i documented these these first few then that's going to set me up. It's going to really help set me up for the future. Yeah. So yeah. for those murals, I just took my camera along with me and took shots that ended up looking like quite professional. And the clients were really happy for me to do that as well and use it. In fact, it was more like it was a requirement of mine before I started the job. I really need to use images. So if I was ever doing work and it was like, I know they wanted it to be secret, then that would be really hard. I think it's just harder to get yourself out there if it's just going to be this sort of like just word of mouth industry, which a lot of the high end stuff really is. Like they want contracts signed, NDAs, all of that. 
but I'm like the opposite. I need to tell the world about what I've done. And how are you finding Instagram? Because you said a lot of the positive things that have happened and help you develop your business have come from Instagram. And I noticed on your feed now, for example, you're very much focused on video, which is what everybody says that you need to do now to continue growing. Have you found that has enabled you to continue growing or have you found, because I've spoken to some people who have grown big followings in just the last two years. And then I've spoken to other people who grew big followings maybe sort of seven or eight years ago, but they found that they that, that sort of growth has tailed off a little bit. But I wonder if that's something to do with video or not. Or, or... Oh, everything's to do with video, 100%. I realised this a long time ago. I don't think this is something that Instagram is doing to people. It's people want to watch video. I realised that years ago when I would upload a video of me painting, the engagement would be crazy. This is just mm. the way it's working. I know, of course, like people want to see stills, but you get engrossed in a video. You can learn, you can experience it. You can see the story and the behind the scenes. That is what's so important. It, being an artist and trying to sell yourself, you cannot just show the final product in a still image you really want your audience your customers to get engrossed in what you do and your techniques and your unique strokes your brush strokes people find the way I paint very therapeutic and unique and how could they ever get that from a still image so yeah I don't I just think as soon as I basically what it was I when I first started doing video they were like so bad this was I'm trying to think how many years ago, maybe like three or four years ago, my phone would be wobbling. Well, I, I wouldn't like, it wouldn't be edited at all. It would be just like a shot of me painting some like feather details or whatever. I just upload that. It'd still do really well for those times. Then I remember, I'm trying to think, it might have been maybe two years ago. I started to, I use InShot, the app, amazing app. I love it. I never make anything inside the Instagram app. And I started to curate them and make them a little bit shorter and put music yeah. in there. And it felt like a bit more new at that time. And then I remember like the first ones I did, whoa, the likes was like 5,000 likes on one video because they would get shared. So when you create high quality content, other people share it. And those other people could be accounts of millions of followers. And then that is literally how it works. That is how my account has grown, is video that's so engaging that other bigger accounts share it. When big accounts share, you can get thousands of followers overnight. So mm. that's, yeah, that's the importance of video. So you haven't seen any reduction in the growth? Yeah, no, this is, that is a difficult one. My growth has been a bit slower, actually, I have to say, since all of the new things. It has been so... I used to get... I could get 20,000 likes on a video, or, like, between ten and 20,000, maybe, like, a year or more ago, and now it's, like, average, like, two to 3,000. And my following... Yeah, it grows, but it doesn't grow at that exponential rate that it was. Like, I went through... a real growth spec and now mm. it's just it just yeah it gets it gets a bit bigger but it's nothing like huge I think once you get past like a hundred thousand it can be I don't know a little bit slower but it also feels like when you get past that mark it doesn't matter anymore it really doesn't matter you want your audience to be engaged that's the that is the key is engagement and yeah. I don't like it does the number of followers doesn't matter if they're not like loving and engaging with what you'd say. It's the quality. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your video and your subject matter of your video, the brush strokes are very astounding. Oh. That it, it's yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> Particularly for someone like me who has actually zero hands. <laughs> it's just mind boggling. But so do you find that different subject matter of videos have different levels of engagement? Do you yeah. try different types of videos and then you find, oh, this one really works. And does that then only work for a while and then you have to try something else? <laughs> this is literally my life, these <laughs> questions. Emotion always wins. Anything with emotion or telling a story from rags to riches. 
They always mm. win. I My most successful video ever is a video of my daughter, she's seven, painting a bird, like, with me. I just, it wasn't even supposed to be an Instagram, like, it was literally just me in my studio here filming her, not even that. She was painting a bird and she was getting a little bit frustrated, but she kept going and it turned out really good. And it was really like 10 second video and I put something, Bonnie wanted to, oh, I can't remember. She kept trying and a little, a little cry face <laughs> and it just went viral, like fully viral. Wow. wow. And that, yeah, that's my best performing or videos that tell a story of how like I've improved my skills from how I used to be to where I am now. Anything that helps other people. So yeah. you cannot just think about yourself. You have to think about your audience and what, they how they will benefit from what you have to offer i don't know, teaching people and this isn't just for like other artists who want to see what you do your customers want to see all this as well like they love the stories yeah like a story of i put one up recently a story of how how i sold this collection of limited edition art and i made a big profit off of it people want to hear the real stuff like that and i think there's a lot of I don't know, people are like really nervous about talking about the background, maybe like talking about money or profit, but I know why not, because it really inspires other people. And I found that when I posted that video about, yeah, I just showed my process. So how I started with the painting, I went to got it, get it scanned. I had images printed, then all of the marketing, I just showed like little bits about the marketing that I did afterwards and ways to maximize your potential sales like offering free worldwide delivery packaging it in a certain way or yeah any sort of like barriers that customers are going to have just to try and eliminate them and it opened up so many conversations in my dms of other artists that just feel so stuck like they just don't mm. even know where to start they don't know about this drop shipping stuff a lot of them like especially if they're not i don't know from london like from somewhere I don't know where they don't necessarily offer those services yeah they just think that it's they have to package it up themselves like literally like print it pack it ship it deal with it. the biggest thing actually was how do you do this with international shipping how are you offering free delivery and it's the print space which <laughs> allows me to do that but yeah I think the people's biggest worry is international shipping and the print space has eliminated that and, and when i sell my limited editions i send them myself because i hand sign those and i emboss them and I, I make them all special and i do send those myself from here i just work that into my price so if mm. i'm going to use dhl express i'm going to use really good courier, courier and just work it into the price that just really helped to inspire others of how they could do it and i think yeah my customers really like to see it as well so yeah anything emotional where you're helping others or you're telling a story people love stories it's something that the first thing that we do when we're kids is we have stories read mm. to us mm. if it has a start and a finish people love it so my goal is always to try my best to just get some sort of story element in there or helpful content it's not easy but and yeah now the demands are so much more so you really have to be you can't get away with posting mediocre content anymore it has to be quite thought out you have to have the captions in there i don't think instagram really want you writing in the caption underneath as much anymore like i used to write really long captions but now that full story is within the the video so that people can just absorb it quickly they're not going to go on to read they've got too many other reels to watch and yeah yeah that's yeah, that's fascinating. And the story aspect, I couldn't agree more. People identify with a narrative arc. How does the idea for like video content come around? So do you start with thinking, okay, I've got this project going on, whatever it is, I'm going to, before I even start it, I'm going to think about how I document that. Or does it just happen more organically? You look at it in hindsight and you think, oh, that was good. That was good. 100% yeah it's it's always been quite organic with me I, I'm not actually very good at sort of systems and stuff I do religiously look at my iPhone notes and if I just think of an idea for real I will note it down but generally I am filming everything anything and everything so I have way too many videos on my phone and I film 
with the thought that maybe that could turn into a reel and it's become in the last six months it's more and more it used to be a bit more specific to if I was like painting whatever then I'd film me painting but now it seems to be that I'm filming everything because it could be even like I said that video of my daughter that was just random that generated sales because my feed was popping up everywhere so yeah I'm always documenting certain things I know if I am doing like an advert for someone then obviously I know that I've got to film this certain amount of content today we had some deliveries of some really nice furniture so I was I was filming my builders couldn't get the bed up the stairs so they took out my bathroom window and brought it in through the window so I was filming all of that and I'll probably do that one tonight or sometime and yeah it just I just I wake up really early in the morning and I look through my videos I'm like what have I got what have I got I need to upload to Instagram and I'll just do it and then I'll spend a lot of time thinking about what caption I can put on there capture attention really you have to capture people's attention and you have to keep the captions super super short so I'll just be thinking I'll write it out and then I'll delete you have to just delete as much as you possibly can while it still makes sense just because people don't have much of an attention span on Instagram now it's just it's so noisy so you just have to be like really short and concise and I think a lot of the best reels are around about 10 seconds that's not to say that's a rule or anything but the ones that really capture me are just so specific and to the point, maybe with one or two captions. So, yeah, and you can really find, you can really research that by just looking through the reels on Instagram and TikTok and just see which ones, see which ones are going viral and just look at the reasons why. And you'll often find there's a story, there's emotion, or there's some sort of helpful, or it's really funny. It's like a comedy. Mm. So yeah, if you can be funny, like if you're an artist and you've got bags of personality and you can be funny, then that will really work in your favour. If you look at a lot of very well-known artists in, in the past, from Dan Garth to Frida Kahlo, Andy Warhol, Jeff Koons, you know almost as much about them as a person as you do about their art. Mm. And it's, you can't really separate the artists from the art in a way and their personality and their life story mm. from the art. So is it, is making autobiographical content, do you think that's relevant? Yeah, I think so. People want to, they want to get into your life. But I feel like a lot of people, some of my friends, they can't, they just can't do that. They're, they're private. They find their process is private and they just don't understand why you'd want to share like any more than just the final thing, because that's their, their private time to create this work and go through the ups and downs in, in private. Whereas I am really like, I'm an open book. I'm like the least private person in the world. So it just came naturally to me. And I think that's probably why I've been able to be a bit more successful on Instagram is because I will, yeah, I will let everyone know what I'm doing when I go wrong. I post specific content about when I go wrong. And I think people want to know your whole, they want to know your whole story. And that personality comes through in your work. But at the same time, I think it can be really hard for some people. And I really feel for them in this day and age, because it does seem that it's, it's all about that and sharing your whole life story and if you find that a struggle then yeah I do feel for people that I'm sure there's other but yeah it's, there's a lot of song and dance isn't there now but for me personally I love sharing my whole story okay so what about TikTok yeah that's good so Instagram they're trying to give little known creators a platform they're not good at it. TikTok is great at it. You can grow much faster. I think, I can't remember how long I've been on there. It must be a year, but I've got to about 10,000. No, maybe it's not quite, just under 10,000 followers. And I don't really go on it very much. I don't fully know how it works. I just upload videos and, and I just see what happens, but I don't necessarily get the sense of community there that I get from Instagram. Like I know my people. But TikTok, I, I feel like it's a bit more take. So they just want to absorb this video and move on. But at the same time, I don't get any sales through TikTok. Really? I know that. No, because my Shopify will tell me where I'm getting my sales from. And they 
certainly don't come through TikTok. They're all Instagram, then P- Facebook and Pinterest. I think TikTok's more fun. And that's not to say that it wouldn't work for other people in getting sales. I think the demographic is super young. I think they're not necessarily my customers. I don't know, maybe are they buying like more fashion stuff on there? I don't know. Like I've seen people blow up and sell out on TikTok, but I certainly haven't. They're looking, I think it's artists following me that are looking at my techniques. But yeah, it's a great platform and it seems to be on the uprise, especially if people are so angry at Instagram right now, more people are moving to TikTok. And I can't say that much more about it because I'm just don't really know how to use it that much. I just do the best I can on there. It's fun. Do you find that you've what with actually making the art and all the other things you have to do as to run a successful art business, do you find that you don't spend that much time on it because you just reach saturation point in terms of what you can actually do in a day? Because that's a whole other thing where you're going to have to work out what works on TikTok. It's not like you can take the same content. No, each platform has its own requirements. So I am, Instagram is obviously number one. I am also on Pinterest. I do quite well on Pinterest. So I do try and put a bit of effort into that. Pinterest is an extremely slow burner. You can put a video up and six months later it will go viral. It's really weird. So it doesn't feel as, I know, engaging for me. Then you've got YouTube Shorts and Facebook and then TikTok. And yeah, you do get completely overwhelmed by it with everyone, every one of those having their own needs because people think, oh, you can just make a video in one and just upload it to others. I just don't. If you want to do it right, I do think they have their own needs. And also there's something about downloading videos from one platform. They will penalize you almost for using it and not share it. So there's that as well. But it is so important to market yourself. And if you're not doing that work, that is your marketing now. That is you putting your billboard up, getting your magazine column. When I don't post to social media, I don't get sales. So I have to dedicate more time and effort into my marketing than I do my painting. It's crazy. And I think a lot of people would say you should hire someone to do that work for you. But I just don't think so. I've tried it and it's all about your personality. So if you can create a video and and put it in front of people, get your sales, then that's good enough for me and hiring staff to me does not sound very chilling personally yeah no for sure so what would you say like the split is of your time say over the last year in terms of the amount of time you spend marketing yourself and the amount of time you spend making work oh my god (laughs) it's probably like 70 percent marketing really probably i don't i feel like i don't paint that much when i was when i was creating i've got a wallpaper collection and fabric with harlequin that was a pretty big deal and i was intensely painting for maybe six six or more months i was still marketing a little bit in the background but generally it's yeah it's 70 percent marketing i need to paint some new work (laughs) definitely i'm reminding myself i need to oh it's just yeah, not enough time in a day for everything. Yeah, totally. I know that feeling. So, like, do you find that it takes you away from what you really love doing or do you just love, you, do you love it equally? Do you love, like, the mm. marketing and, and creating content? Because that's creative in itself. Yeah, I think I love create. I love creating content. And I love the sharing and the community aspect that comes with it. So I think I equally like it like sometimes I can actually get quite stressed out in my painting process I have to say because I'm far too much of a perfectionist I don't know I'll be like constantly on the phone to my mum like sending her whatsapp pictures of what I've done and like it's not good enough oh my gosh no one's ever gonna buy this my work is horrendous and that's my creative process and sometimes like with the making content I just find it I find it so I don't know it's just so yeah it can be like time consuming but it does come quite naturally to me to share so it's definitely like equal it doesn't feel like necessarily like a hardship to create all this work but yeah I do I enjoy I really do enjoy my painting like when it's going really well you know I think oh this is great but I do like to get to the end result like a bit quicker so that I can get on with getting this out there 
so yeah I'm maybe not as much about the process as I am about the sharing yeah it it sounds like you have that similar kind of self-doubt about your own creativity that I, oh, I terrible I think I think that it seems like a very common sort of thing with creative people and I think that stops a lot of people from even getting from off base one effectively yeah, because 100%. You know, they just don't want to show their work they don't want to expose themselves yeah you know how that feels and people won't believe me when I say that's how I feel every time I feel like I'm exposing myself and then if you don't get enough likes then the feeling can be overwhelmingly horrendous it just can make you feel like you're worthless and that's that is the danger almost of this Instagram world so I still have a huge variation in engagement I can have I don't know 300 likes or many thousands of likes and yeah sometimes when you get the 300 at, at this level of following that I've got it can make you feel like what have I done wrong <laughs> it doesn't matter what level you're at how many followers you have you always feel bad or feel amazing based on what your audience has given you. Yeah. How effective for you is is email marketing? Do you get people signed up on? Yeah, on this? it's the it is actually the most effective. My email list is small, but they are ready to buy, and they're ready to not just necessarily buy. They they love me, and from my Shopify stats, that's my highest revenue is comes from email marketing so that was so a year ago I made that my top priority I use Klaviyo as an app it's amazing I listen to a lot of podcasts like this and I the thing that just kept coming up time again was Klaviyo so yeah I integrate that with my Shopify and I don't know it just integrates so well and when I started to put effort into that's when I really noticed that, yeah, email marketing is really, really important. And I started really trying to get people on my email list with lots of tactics. So I've got this huge Instagram following and in comparison, a tiny email list. So I, like, I ran a competition and got a lot of signups from that, just a voucher. I think it was £250 voucher. And actually the majority of those, so I put them into a different segment, the competition entries. And the majority of them actually stayed, which was really good. And then I also, so whenever, almost most of the time when I do an art print launch or some sort of launch, I, I build it up for ages and I'll be building it up and saying to these Instagram followers, you have to get on my list to be the first to purchase this or it could even be like an exclusive sale like I'm holding a sale and you can only have it if you're on the email list so you you create like this exclusivity and yeah they're going to get these special perks and the more you do that the more it will grow I could be doing it so much more to be honest but yeah those people on your email list are super super important and it really and I think SMS as well is something that I need to look into because that could be I think British people are a little bit more, oh, I don't know about that, but it's definitely, I feel like we are like a few steps behind the US a, a lot and things like this. And SMS marketing, I think, is already a big thing, but I think it's going to get even bigger. I just need to take the plunge and ask people to invade their text messages, which feels, I don't know, yeah, it just feels a bit invasive. But I think if you really like someone, then a quick text to tell you that there's, you've got a sale on is nice because, I don't know, sometimes miss your emails don't you or there's just so much marketing in there that yeah so it's just another but yeah email marketing 100 percent is very important probably more important than social media but not quite as fun do you find people on your email list buy repeated times like they'll buy they won't yeah buy yeah yeah because they're the ones that really love you so yeah i do find that but they do need an offer and they do need new work and that's, as I said earlier, that's where I struggle is creating new work. So, yeah, it's about offers and new stuff and all just like letting them know what you're up to without trying to sell them something is really nice. Or just trying to 
help them I sent an email about how to make a small artwork look bigger and how to frame it in a certain way you can buy this tiny artwork for like less money if you're on a budget and make it look amazing so yeah like kind of help helpful things like that are great as well yeah how you touched on something there which I think is really interesting something I wanted to ask I always ask is how important is it for your work to evolve over time yeah. change and evolve and or do people like because they love your work so much do they want you to not evolve it and to be doing the same stuff yeah yeah so I think it can evolve to a certain extent and I think as an artist you can do whatever you want but I do feel like people just want the same thing in different colors and different sizes and when you start to get a bit too I don't know out there then I think they'll let you know by not purchasing anything. I had a tiger, I painted a tiger and I don't think the response was very good. I probably couldn't do another animal other than birds and butterflies. I just, I know what my audience wants and I think they just want it in different sizes, different colours, they want more of it. I think I could evolve, I could evolve slightly. I think a lot of it is that you can evolve into different products. Like I've done wallpaper and fabric and just put the designs on there. But a lot of the successful people that I'm looking at that have got like bigger businesses, they stick to the same style and you lose part of your audience if you start to throw out things that are like slightly different because then say it's on your Instagram feed and it looks like something you don't recognise, you're just um, and not engaged because you just don't recognize them so I'm having a lot of that at the moment actually just because I'm uploading a lot of stuff about my house and there's a lot of artists that follow me just for my watercolor painting and they're like what is this this home renovation I don't care about this and then I just so yeah my, my following goes down when I do that but I don't care because I just want to tell my story and do what I want to do and I love interiors and the people that that love me will just stay because they just want to know about everything that's going on in my life so I think as an artist yeah, you can just do what you want to do. I have seen people evolve and change. So yeah, but I guess if my 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 final advice would probably be to like stick with a certain style. As probably like the top advice, if you want to retain an audience, then that would be my advice. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I can see that there's uh you see it with bands as well. They get known for a certain style, right? And then they put out an album that's completely different yeah. and they gain a load of new followers but they lose yeah they also make their existing ones some of them really angry you know, yeah really, yeah really, alienate a bunch of people yeah exactly okay so I noticed you have reviews on your site which is yeah. an interesting one because I don't see that a lot with artists yeah but like it was that a tricky decision as to whether you wanted to do that and because these are customer like generated reviews and do you think it really helps you i so i listen to a lot of business and marketing podcasts and i'm almost listening to what much bigger businesses than me do and what i the things that i hear over and over again are things that i will implement for myself and i think that the reviews, social proof of whatever kind, it just come up over and over again. So I thought, I know I'm an artist, but I think it would help other people to see photos of it. So I, I specifically got looks, the looks app, which has photo and video review. So it would help other people to see a photo of, a, of an art print in their house. Because I know that when I'm going on a website and I've been shopping on B&Q recently for like lights, I don't want to see that polished picture as much as I want to see what it really looks like in someone's house I think that will really help me to purchase it but also if you don't have that then you're just showing like this portfolio and how can people necessarily trust that you're real or if they're like from a faraway country and they can't relate to you in any way they just need they need that and seeing their name jenna g or whatever and a picture like someone took like a selfie with my phone case and it just it means that real people are buying from you they're sharing their experience and i mean you hope that they're all good like all my reviews so far are good that's definitely going to help them to make the purchase 100 percent. and i put them on my home page as well i think social proof is really important throughout the website it could probably be I could put them in even more places. 
but on the homepage, I take quotes from people's reviews. There's like a widget from the looks app where you can create a little carousel of the photo reviews. And yeah, I put that all on the homepage and as well as things like press, like any sort of like articles or stuff like that all on the homepage because it's, I think that's one of the most important things is social proof. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned something there about purchases from overseas. How international does your market go? Do you find it's predominantly UK or is it UK, Europe, US? Is it split? Yeah, it's predominantly US. It's quite split UK and US, but yeah, I think it's like slightly more like maybe 60% US. And then yeah, like all, all over the world, definitely. Like I see orders coming in from like super like far away. And that is is solely because of the free worldwide delivery from day one selling prints i offered free worldwide delivery so i have nothing really to compare it to but i could imagine that it wouldn't be as great and it'll be frustrating for some people because i guess your instagram following is by definition from anywhere it's not i don't think yeah the algorithm really focuses you on any particular geography it's more about interest i, I measured it i can't remember what it was there's tiny percent are from the uk really i think i only have twenty thousand uk followers yeah because someone was asking me for my stats and i was really shocked by that so yeah mostly international and does it like does your does the following that you have like on your instagram kind of reflect in terms of geography does that is that also reflected fairly evenly in the sales interesting i don't know because yeah i think yeah i think it is because it's a high percentage of us on my instagram and that is where most of the sales are coming it's it's a huge place with lots of money and yeah and they're also very used to buying online out there yeah so growing a successful business is really hard and obviously first and foremost is uh there's the creating the work and that's a combination already of a sort of creative vision and the sort of uh, skill aspect of it as well. But then beyond that, you've got all those other things you have to do, the marketing, the business skills, the belief, the vision, the being good with finances, understanding the market, et cetera. Which of these skills, so many things you have to master, which of these mm-hmm. skills are really hard for you? And how did you overcome the difficulty in mastering them? Finances, I'm like impossible with. <laughs> It's really bad. I think a lot of artists will say this to you though. And I got an accountant and luckily my husband really helps me like anything with like signing. And if you do a brand deal with someone or like collaborate in some way, then there's, there always seems to be a contract to sign. And I'm just lucky in that regard that my husband can help me because he deals with these things. I just, with like profit margins and things like that, I just sit and try and work it out the best I can that I've left enough in it to make it viable. I think that people would maybe believe from what they see of me online that I can present myself really well, but actually that's the hardest aspect of my whole business from the start to now, it's never got better, is the presenting, even being on this podcast. I'm all right right now, but there is like anxiety in the build up to things like this. And presenting in a room of people is like total nightmare. And yeah, like discussing things like, like a brand deal, that can be tricky for a lot of people, especially with artists when they feel like especially at the start when you feel like I don't know yeah guilty and you need them but actually like they need you so it's that that just takes a lot of time to really work that one out and gain confidence in yourself I think at the start I gave too much away and gave too much away for not what it was worth and now I'm definitely like a bit like like much more business minded when it comes to these things and if the deal doesn't seem to be attractive for me then I will let them know and present them with an, an offer that would really suit me but that absolutely takes so much time and yeah you just have to gain that confidence and that will only come with time I think and yeah if you've got like some sort of debilitating issue like I do with public speaking and stuff then like the way I chose I just choose not to do it really as as much as possible I just avoid that if it's gonna like really cause that much stress it's handy to present yourself and you I think back in the day you really needed to but now I think 
less and less if you're like a very private person you can just upload your videos of you doing what you do and make a real success of it in private just with your phone this has been absolutely fantastic so much advice in here and i've just got a couple more questions my first one was going to be so do you have a strategy for how your art practice and your art business is going to evolve over the next five years do you have a plan or do you just let things evolve naturally i do let things evolve naturally just because i i've got to a point now where so i had lots and lots of goals that i wrote down and i have actually achieved most of them it sounds really arrogant but i've achieved so much on my list in the last few years and i've just got to this point where i feel really content and that is the most amazing feeling. So every day I'm happy, like I'm really happy. And I spend more time doing things that I really want to do. It's taken a bit of graft to get there, but it's like such a liberating feeling. So right now I feel like it would be very organic. Like I want to see how my wallpaper and fabric collection does because that was a huge launch that I, it's only really been out for a couple of months. I'll see how that goes. And then I actually, want to get into teaching so I've been approached a few times to do online courses and that is like a whole nother world that I think that could like almost change my business the teaching element I actually recently started to sell the silk paper that I paint on to artists it was something that I was so nervous about doing and I just kept getting asked over and over again so I just did a sort of pre-order and I sold a bunch of that to artists and it was really lovely hearing them, their feedback on it and how much they loved this paper. She just can't seem to get it anywhere. And that really made me think I could, they keep asking me for videos and help with the techniques. And I thought, well, I could just start creating some course. And so that, that would probably be my next, I think that's often what people do when they get to a level where they're really content and they start to help other people try and get to where they are now yeah absolutely and so my final question what sort of two or three pieces of advice would you give to someone who's starting out right now you have to be you have to be really passionate and hard really hard working at the start you have to get on instagram you have to create quality content that is how everything happened for me you have to capture quality video and quality photography and get it on your website once you've got that foundation then you're going to be okay I think as long as you've got that quality and then combine that with passion and hard work if you haven't got that that passionate streak and that hard working ethic it could be much harder I think you just have to like just put your heart and soul into it and I always think if someone wants something they are definitely going to get it. If you want something bad enough, you can absolutely make it happen. Fantastic. Well, thanks, Diane. That, that was packed full of incredible advice. Um, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Rambling. No, not at all. It's, it was absolutely brilliant. And it's incredibly inspiring. We've obviously seen in the print space your progress and it's incredibly inspiring. And thank you for taking the time to to give some of that knowledge back to the community oh thank you i'm honored i absolutely love the print space i vouch for you in a big way and yeah i've got your i've got lots about you on my website and yeah i just think i think that the service that you offer is phenomenal and it, it can really help to change people's lives and when a business solves a problem that is amazing, isn't it? Especially for artists who think that, like, in, in this starving art mentality, and it, do, it definitely doesn't need to be that way. With the print space combined with your social media marketing efforts, you can blow up and be hugely successful and earn a nice living off of your art. Fantastic. Thanks for those kind words. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much.